weather is warm and uh, it looks very gloomy, but I hope that uh, you have the light of Jesus sufficient enough to brighten up your hearts and your lives too. So, in all circumstances of darkness, fear and gloom, we have the light of the world, our Lord Jesus Christ shining in us and through us. Today I would like to talk about, bring out from the word of God that was read to us, three aspects of our Christian life. Like a jewel, Christian life has many facets. There are many facets, but from this chapter, I would like to just focus on only one. There's a huge difference between life in Christ and with Christ that we share and the life outside Christ, that is life without Christ. Now, this passage, actually I'm only focusing on chapter 1, verse 9 only. Chapter 1, verse 9 only. John talks about, John in the, the previous passages, that is, or verses, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 to 8, has introduced to us God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, in the following verses, that is 12 onwards, he is going to have, describe an amazing vision of the risen Jesus Christ. But before he does that, he talks about himself. And that's what we read right now. He says, I, John, when we assume that John is the Apostle John who wrote the Gospels and the three epistles, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus Christ. All these three things, he says, in Jesus Christ. That means these are the three aspects of being in Jesus or the life with Jesus or simply put, the Christian life. As I already said, the life in Christ, or put it this way, a believer's life, a disciple's life is altogether different from the ordinary life that human beings live. There are three facets that I would like to bring out today. The verse, if you can keep that verse on the screen, that will be fine. Three things, three nouns there. And all the three nouns are controlled by that last phrase, in Jesus or through Jesus. Since translations vary from each other, I prepare my sermon based on the Greek text that I think more, I mean, the original one. So, patient endurance that are 
in Jesus Christ with three things. Tribulation, kingdom, and the patient endurance. These are the three facets. At the same time, these three facets of Christian life, so hold that image of a jewel in your head. A jewel, a multi-dimensioned diamond. We are looking at three aspects of it. And these three, three aspects are because of Jesus Christ, in Jesus, tribulation, kingdom or God's rule, and patient endurance. And all these three are played out by three players. Tribulation is something that is caused by external forces in Christian life. Tribulation, we'll look at that very deep in detail in a minute. In a minute. It's the external forces cause tribulation. And the second noun which we saw, God's kingdom or rule is God's work in our life. And the third thing, endurance, patient endurance is something that we need to do. So in all these three facets, the three facets that are formed in this jewel called Christian life, External forces shape it. God himself plays a part in it. And we ourselves have a role in it. The beauty of this is that all these three aspects or all these experiences or all these facets of Christian life are a shared experience. What's a shared experience? A common experience, an experience that you have, and experience I also have. Sometimes we say, when we meet people, we say, no, I, are you from, where are you from, Kerala, where are you? Then in Kerala where? He say, maybe from Trichur or some other place, and I say, which college do you go to? He say, St. Thomas College. Oh, really, you did went to St. Thomas College? Yes, I also went to St. Thomas College. It's a shared experience. Though decades apart, this man who is now just 24, I am at 60. Now we have a shared experience. Though we are, we have a gap of 40 long years, we have a shared experience of that old sort of Gothic buildings and the, the flavor of that might have changed. But still we say we have a shared experience. Have you had something like that? Now you say, oh, I worked there. I was there. I had eaten. I asked A.B. You know, you cannot, if you ate in any restaurant, you have a common experience with A.B. Because he has eaten in all the restaurants in, the, in this place. To come, which are there, which was there, and which is here now, and which is yet to come. And I am so proud of him, because we need some people like that in the church to complete the picture. Okay. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that the shared experience that, that the experience that you go through is my experience too. So John says, partner. Look at that verse again. Your brother and your partner in what? Tribulation, kingdom, and the patient endurance. Now what I'm trying to say is that all of us can define our lives 
that you have tribulation, I too have tribulation. You have the role, role of God in your life, I too have it. And you are enduring, yes, I am enduring too. So come with me. Let's move on to three, these three axes of Christian existence. I mean, I said I'm changing my imagery. Now the three axes of Christian experience, tribulation, kingdom, and patient endurance. In the Greek, or the original of this, endurance means a pain and a suffering or a distress or an adversity that's created by an external force. It is not just having a common cold and sneeze in the morning so that you can, how do you call it, avoid church in that morning. It's not you look through the window and you say, yeah, this is not good good Sunday, no, don't stay back. And you pull your, uh, what is that called, guilt, guilt or uh, rejai or whatever you call it, you know, over your head and sleep again. No, that's not caused by external thing, it is an internal problem. No, but a, the, the tribulation is a suffering, a pain, an adversity, a distract, distress that's caused by external forces. That is, you are not causing it yourself, but it is, or it is not natural causes, causes, but it is something external, something which is powerful. This word is used in the book of Genesis, in chapter 42, 21, to just to give an example, just to illustrate it. And uh, when Joseph, if you know the story of Joseph, when Joseph was thrown, was taken by his brothers, bound and put in a cistern or a well which didn't have water. You know, and they pulled him out and sold him to the Midianites, the caravan that was going down to Egypt. And Reuben says, we didn't we see the anguish in his eyes. Genesis 42, 21. Didn't you see the anguish in his eyes? This boy, maybe a young man of 20 or 24, he was looking at them, pleading for mercy. You know, don't let me go, don't, don't throw me out, don't kill me, don't sell me to, as a slave to the Midianites who, will take, who are going down to Egypt. There was an anguish, there was a, there's a pain that is caused by the, the, the his own brothers. Now that's what it is, the anguish that is caused by external forces. Much more clearly in Exodus 4.31, you know, the pain, it describes the pain that was caused by an evil ruler, that is the pharaoh of Egypt. The pharaoh of Egypt forced thousands of people to work as forced laborers or in uh, as slaves to work to build his storehouses. So that, that is what we call tribulation. Now there are external forces that causes all <coughs> sorts of problems. Probably it is in your own family. A Christian may go through tribulation, will go through tribulation. Maybe in the office, maybe various other factors. 
it's happening now when Paul, when john wrote this epistle this was happening in smyrna the one of the churches there no all churches all churches but particularly and he writes or jesus tells them i know your tribulation and your poverty but you are rich and the slander of those who are those who say that they are jews and are not but are a synagogue of satan we'll come to that passage maybe a few weeks after i know but let me just pick up a few things from here i know your tribulation and your poverty and the slander underline that word this is the most common form of tribulation you know what is slander Sand, slander is not a type of sandwich slander is now sometimes you may find somewhere in the menu because in bangalore there is a burger called beef ban now when uh, the government of india decided sorry the maharashtra government decided to ban beef you know they this came out with a burger called beef ban you know so when modi prime minister modi ji demonetized what did he monetize demonetize i don't know 1000 rupees or something like that yeah so 500000 right so so kotak mahindra started an account called 811 that is it was on 8th of 8th of november sorry yeah 8th of november so there is a account that is zero balance account that you can open it is called 811 so slander is not a sandwich you don't think so slander is the bad things that people talk about you <coughs> that is what slander slander is the bad things that people spread about you so here is a tribulation and that tribulation is in the form of what you call slander going around and making a spreading news about now why does this happen in the world have you never been slandered no okay see me after the service if you are never slandered in your life why does such sort of things happen not only slander it could be physical abuse sometimes sometimes it is abuse of tongue sometimes it is a physical abuse is it sometimes um, the, the emotional distress they cause tribulation can come in various ways why does this happen i said hold on to that definition tribulation is something that an external entity causes in your life tribulation happens because enemy the devil is let loose for a while at least now and he can operate through anyone and through any system the devil is active he is only defeated he is defeated on the cross but he is still active it is like a cobra now i have seen people killing cobras now growing up in a rural kerala i have seen people killing cobras you know but a cobra you beat a cobra and you smash it but it will still be moving its tail and also will be holding its what you call the hood and just because the cobra is going to die within a few minutes or seconds don't think that home cobra is harmless that cobra can still bite you and kill you because its poison 
what you call whatever it is, and the deed is still active. It still has the potential. So, you know, don't play with a cobra who is not dead, but dying cobra. I might have told this story sometime back in the, in the town of Patanandita in Kerala. A man was standing at a traffic island, you know, just for crossing the road. And here, a, a eagle, a vulture had picked up a cobra and eaten half of it. And the vulture was hovering all over the place and then the vulture loses the grip on the cobra, half-eaten cobra, half-dead cobra, and the, the, the vulture drops it and it drops right on this man's shoulder and the cobra bites him in the neck and within, before he could be taken to the hospital, he died. What a story, isn't it? But it is real. It's a story. It's a real story. It really happened. Now the enemy is prowling, is a predator, is all over the place. He can work through your boss, he can work through your mother-in-law most of the time. No. <laughs> the other way around also. It can work through your children, it can work through your grandchildren, you know. But it can work through all the sort of systems and individuals and it can create problems for a believer who is in Christ Jesus. In the case of the churches to whom John is writing this letter, it is through the Roman Empire and the local governors. They are going through immense pain and struggle. They are, some of them are in prison, some of them are arrested, some of them are killed, martyred, and they are going through all this. And this reality is what we see in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12. Indeed, all right. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse. Things will get worse for a Christian. Deceiving and being deceived. Now, for all those who want to live a godly life, there will be persecution. There will be tribulation. It begins with Christ. His arrest, his betrayal, his arrest, his uh, suffering he went through, the death on the cross. But it will end with his final victory that we already saw a few weeks back. Christ, the Christus Victor, Christus Victor, Christ the Victor, conqueror, he will, he will finally bring an end to all this. But it is unavoidable. But there's a lot of comfort in, in tribulation, when we go through tribulation. I don't know what your tribulation is. I know only mine. You may not know mine. You know, may not know what other brother or sister is going through. But one thing is clear. The tribulation that we go through is always lesser than the glory that we are going to have. It is only momentary. 
in God's plan, the suffering that we go through, we have, I can, yes, yes, your pastor, I can look at your faces. And I know what individually you are going through. If you have been a regular member of this church, and since I pray for you, since you have shared with me, some of you haven't shared with me, but I still can understand this. When I pray for you, I can discern what probably are you are going through to a large extent. To a large extent. Or is sufficient, is sufficient enough to intercede for each other, each, each of you. Now, we all have that. Struggles in our life. Now, my teacher, my, uh, my literature, language teacher used to tell this, story, this poem again and again and again. He said, in this dish called life, you say dessert called life. There is no dessert which, can, which you can have. This life is a dish. You know, in making this dish, the life, you have to add salt with your tears. There is no dish where tears, the tears of salt or salt from your tears is not added. Every human experience comes with a part of human stress and sorrow and tears. But human life, a Christian life is different from an ordinary human life. Why? Because there is a greater glory at the end of the day. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 to 18 says, It says, what does it say? Can we have it on the screen, please? For this light, light, as far as weight is concerned, light, momentary affliction is preparing, preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. Beyond all comparison. Who is writing this? Paul. And what does he say? The, the suffering that he go through? The translation says slight. Is it? This light momentary affliction is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory. A glory that you can't really carry with you. And beyond all comparison, it goes on like that. As we look into, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. When we go through sufferings in life, when you have a broken arm, is there a very silly, simple example? Or someone has a broken leg, I think, here now. Or whatever part of that body is aching or broken or is praying. You know, you when Christians go through suffering in life, tribulation in life, a Christian is not looking at the wound that people inflicted in your life. You are not looking at your wound. You are not looking at your pain. You are looking at something that is unseen. What is that? The weight of glory. Unless we learn to plan, take our eyes from the momentary and light affliction and put it on the eternal glory which is now unseen, we will not be able to manage our own tribulations. That's possible because you and I 
we are in Christ Jesus. It's momentary. It's light. Moreover, the tribulations that we go through are fruitful. The end is joy. Saint John, when he writes his gospel, in chapter 16, 21, he uses the metaphor of a woman giving birth. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Now, a woman carrying a child. For nine months there are a lot of inconveniences and pain and discomfort and all that. And then the day comes there is intense pain and labor and she forgets all the pain. All the discomfort she went through. The gestational diabetes, you know, sometimes they have gestational hernia and all this pain and all that things he goes through. But I haven't heard, I don't think any mother would tell the child, no, you know the pain I went through, the, the thing I went through, the money we spend, eh? and we are going to take that money from you somehow. I don't think any mother has said that. Now, this was a woman's secret for all a long time. Now, modern hospitals allow the husband to be there in the labor room. So they also should have some understanding of what's going on there. You know, in, in some hospitals, the husband is allowed to be in the labor room, to, to be with the wife when the wife delivers the child. But that pain and all that has gone through. But the, the mother forgets everything. And all attention is on the child. The baby that is born, the pain, that is what tribulation is. When you go through problems in life, whatever situation you go through and I go through, the glory that is going to come or the fruit of that labor, the pain is much greater than the pain that we have gone through. That is what God says. And Romans says, Romans, the book of Romans, uh, sorry, uh, St. Paul says, there will be reversal. Now I think that is, that only completes the picture. This tribulation, the players will change sides. You know, I am not very good in sports. And uh, that's why I will not be going out today to play. Most of you have signed up. I prayed, oh my God, so many people for football this afternoon. How many of you signed up? You see? Can I have a show of hands? Yeah, I know some of you are not in the church also have signed up. So I think they will go straight to Corinthian club for the football without coming to the church today. <laughs> and I hope I can just change that word football and replace it with Bible study. <laughs> today, when all of them come with their ball. <laughs> Now, the thing is, in football, we change sides, isn't it? 
you play from this side, this side of the court for a while, and then in the half, second half, you reverse the sides. There, there was a commentator, a football comment, sorry, football umpire, and he was bribed by some people, said, make this team win. You know, he was fixed, so it's a match fixing. So he said, this side should win. You make sure, umpire in such a way that this side should win. So he agreed. He took the money and he agreed. And then they played and this side had a goal and that made change the sides, isn't it? So he forgot which side. So he, he made sure that this side gets another goal. So it ended up in a tie. Because this guy forgot that they are reversing the, the teams are reversing the, swapping the sides. But many times we also Christians believe that, that, that the teams haven't changed. Teams have changed, will change. The victims will become the villain and the villain will become the victim. That is God's plan. No tribulation is forever. Nobody will be victors forever. See Romans chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. What does it say? There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. Now what's happening? There is tribulation and distress for every human being who want to lead a godly life. But that is going to change. The Jew first and also to the Greek. Let's forget that part. There will be tribulation and distress. Now all those who are doing good who want to lead a godly life are going through it, but in God's plan the child's sides will change. Look at your own life. Your adult life. Now I can tell, say this is true from my own life. People who have tried to make my life difficult, you know, in God's own plan the side has changed. Not that I become the villain again, but God in his own plan has exonerated me and also dishonored them. That will happen. But that is not what we are looking for. We are looking for something higher than that. That is the eternal glory. You can if you want. And people always do that. We can avoid this tribulation in life. How? Surrender. Simply surrender. You see, many people are not able to do that. If you are new in Christ, from another faith, carrying a Bible or having a Bible, you may ask to give it up. But holding on to that, that is what is important. Without surrendering your life in Christ. Sometimes we compromise. This has happened to the church. Political powers, the early church did that. For four hundred years, they were persecuted. At the end of the fourth century, now they got the political power. The church started manipulating the state. So far, the state was persecuting the church. And from that day onwards, the decline of the church has started. The church has started declining from there. Some people ignore. Some people try to Compromise. Some people try to surrender. These are all the ways 
you can avoid tribulation in your life. But God says, hold on, hold on. John says, the book in the book of John, uh, Revelation, Apostle Paul says, brothers and sisters, I am, I share this experience. That is what he says, partner, your partner in tribulation, the kingdom, and the last one, insurance. What does a partner mean? Partner is not a sympathizer. Partner is not a sympathizer. Oh, I am sorry that you are going through this. No. John says, no, you suffer, I am also suffering. Whether I physically suffer or not, I am with you in your suffering. I am, I share your pain. Now, that is what the beauty of Christian community is. Being in the churches. Now, Varsha has a problem. Then I may not have the, exactly the same problem. But I conceive myself as a partner in her problem. You have opposition somewhere in your life. I don't have opposition. Probably I had it 10 years ago. But as a partner, I have, I take, I, take, uh, I, I share your pain. I share your sadness. I share your suffering. Now that's what Christian life is. That is why we have church. That's why we have fellowships. That's why we are not individual worshippers who go to a temple, ring a bell in isolation and nobody knows who we are. No! We share the experiences together. In my prayer, I hope you also do that. When I pray for many people, I can imagine the pain that they go through. The, comfort, the, the suffering that they go through. So I can meaningfully pray because part of that pain is my pain and I pray because sharing that tribulation and all its attended pain. Sharing that, then only I can pray for you. I hope you do that for us, for me too. Now comes the second reality. That second reality is the kingdom. What is the kingdom? He says that I am a partner in your kingdom, in the kingdom. Verse 9, go back, yeah, thank you. It's a reminder that we have dual identity. As Philippians chapter 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You are Roman citizens, true. Philippian, the city of Philippi was a Roman colony. You are a Roman citizen, but don't forget that you are paying tax to government of India. All of you have to file it within a 30 days time. I haven't done it mine yet. We are voting. We are, we are paying our taxes. We abide by the constitution. We respect the authorities. We do all that as citizens of this country. But in Christian, as a Christian, as a believer, we also have another identity. What is that? In heaven. My name is registered in heaven. You know, in this congregation there are people who have their permanent residence in some other place. But they live in this country. They are destined to go there one day. Definitely. Now you are going there. You don't belong here. Because you are chosen to live in that country. Similarly, when you come to Christ, you have realized that you are going there. But now, we are still living under the rule of God. 
God's role in our life. It's happening now. But one day, there will be a totally, the Messiah will come, the ruler of the world will come and he will take control. He will take control of all the forces that causing the trouble now. now. That is the word, that is what the kingdom means. Kingdom means that in all the circumstances I go through, I am still under the control of God. To put it very simply, in all the adversities that I go through, God hasn't abandoned me. I'm still under his care. I'm still under his rule. That's what John says. I'm your brother and I'm a partner in the kingdom. What does that mean? Now, what that means that we are fellow citizens of heaven. We have the rule of God in our life and we will have that rule completely in our life. The dual citizenship, realizing that God is ultimately in my life. The kingdom of God also means that the forces that control our life, causing our tribulation, are also under God's control. Nothing is beyond His control. First Corinthians chapter 15, 27. And I already mentioned Philippians 3, 20. The kingdom of God is in your midst means that we have the rule of God in our lives. Partner is to live according to that rule. Now comes the last one, the endurance. I have described this, explained this concept many times. But I would like to briefly say it again. What is endurance? Endurance is the ability to withstand pressure, stress. For example, take a rubber band. You stretch it and stretch it and stretch it. The, the endurance, the rubber band has a high endurance, depends on how, and how long it can go. That is the endurance. But some rubber bands snap. Because they can't stand the force. Or an iron. That is the another metaphor I can use. When you temper iron, that is you put it in the fire and it becomes red hot. And when it is red hot, the blacksmith takes it and dips it in cold water. And then he puts it again and it becomes red hot. Google for tempering iron, then you will find the images. And then when it is red hot, he takes it out and put the furnace and puts it in the water again to hot and cold, extreme hot heat and then extreme cold. The iron is tempered. The iron gets a higher endurance, ability to stand stress, pain, pressure. You know, that's one quality. If you, when we go to study, please read the book of Revelation. Repeatedly this word comes in all the letters, most of the letters I should say, to the churches going through persecution, political oppression. They have to write, endure, endure, endure. So in times of struggle, <coughs> pain, tribulation, endure, endure, endure. Now you may ask a question, how much can I endure? 
Is this too much that I am going through? Is this too much that I am going through? Everybody says they are going through too much. Everybody says that they are going through too much. Too much. But the word of God says no. Because at least for two reasons I will say. First of all, we will not perish under the burden of our tribulation. A Christian will have tribulation. All those who want to live godly life will have tribulation. But the word of God also promised that no Christian will be crushed under tribulation. The weight of the suffering that you go through, he or she goes there's a beautiful promise from Isaiah chapter 42 which Matthew quotes in Matthew's chapter verse 12, 20. The gospel of Matthew chapter 12 verse 20. This is from the Old Testament which is repeated in the New Testament. Talks about Jesus, our Lord. A bruised reed he will not break. You know what's a bruised reed? A bamboo? It's bruised, crushed, but he's not going to break it, but he will going to heal it. A smoldering wick, you have candles at home when there is no power, and the candle, when you blow it off, it starts smoldering, smoke comes. But the promise of God is, if your life is like that, near ex, ex what is that, extinction, no? Near to be put out, your small ring, God can bring the flame back to our lives. That's a promise of God. It's not my word. It's a promise of God. And let me read it again. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. This is what makes endurance possible. This one side is, what is that? Tribulation. And on this side, we have the promise of God, which calls us to have endurance. And Paul puts it in a slightly different way. Second Corinthians 4.8 The metaphor, or rather an imagery, of the jars. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. What does that mean? Have you ever broken a jar or a coffee mug in, in, your, in your recent memory or whatever memory you have, long-term memory, that because of the things that you poured in it, the glass broke? No. If you stupidly put boiling water into a Ordinary glass is likely to break. Common sense that we should have. But normally in a coffee mug made of clay or porcelain, you pour something in it, has it broken? No. A clay jar breaks by external forces. Isn't it? No clay jar will break. See, if you buy this uh, pot dehi in the train, when you travel in the train, I have tried it once and then that day I decided that as long as I have breath in my nostrils, I will not try it again. Uh, but the dahi, the, the curd in the pot, 
has never broken away the, the, the clay. Isn't it? It is external things that break. But now in human life, a believer's life, our life is like a jar of clay. And there are forces that are against us. But a clay pot will break when there is pressure from outside. But Paul says, a man, no, when he said these light and momentary afflictions, you know, about his own life. Now what was he talking about? Being dragged through the streets of Philippi. Dragged. Have you imagined it? Now, if I drag you by your feet through this feet, this itself, you will start crying. This is very smooth. The sound engineer said remove it because it's, it's reflecting the sound here. That is the poor quality sound here. But we can't afford to. Not dragging you through the pavement here is too much. But you are talking about unpaid kacha roads dragging you through like they drag mutton. And he calls it what? Light and momentary affliction. Now we just read it, isn't it? Light and momentary affliction. Wow, liar. See, but he's, now he says, I have withstood all these problems. One day I was thrown to the lions to fight. You know, can you do that? Then if you can do that, why are you complaining about the stray dogs in your uh, premises? Harmless. See, he says, but I have withstood all that. I have withstood this. I thought I am going to be killed. Why? Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So what is holding the jar intact? The clay jar intact. The clay jar is intact, kept intact because inside there is a power which is higher than the power that tries to crush it. Amen. That's the secret. The jars, that is Christian life, is like a jar that is holding immense power, so much so that tribulation caused by the external forces, you can withstand it, not by, because you are clay. Clay has no value here. Clay has no strength here. Because we hold immense power. Praise God. We have to raise our endurance. And the promise of God is that, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, God will not give you, no temptation has overtaken you, that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you tempted beyond your ability. He will not be tempted beyond your ability but, also, but with temptation he will also provide the way of escape. God is a fitness trainer. A fitness trainer. Have you been to a fitness training? Anyway, the core fitness is out. Okay? We are not going to have any more fitness here because we are fitting more things than we are supposed to. So, core fitness is out. But still get some physical training. You know? I have a trainer. 
and I go every day to this place, the fitness, the teacher, instructor gives me more than what I can do at that moment. See? Okay, do that. Stretch, stretch, stretch. So, 10 degree, 20 degree, 40 degree and the goal is 90 degree. Then stretch over your head and touch the floor on this side. But the teacher also says, stop. She also says, stop. She knows when to stop. But I have to do, ask, do what she is asking me to do. By the way, thank you for all the women who wrote to my wife, pinged my wife and say that I have lost a lot of weight. And my wife is, uh, some of you ladies, sisters were so kind and concerned about my health and you have written to my wife saying that I am lost a lot of weight, I look like a skeleton and all that. And uh, my wife, I had to prove to my wife, you know, I had to morph some pictures and send her and say, these are a bunch of liars, you are poor women. Anyway, the physical training is, the teacher says, raise your leg. I mean, just giving an example. Okay. <laughs> and then you raise, and then you know, she knows that she cannot, you cannot more than, do more than that. She says, put your feet down. Next day your target is 10 degree to 12 degree to 15 degree. But one thing I am sure, she or the teacher will not give me more than what I can endure. But every day I have to endure. <laughs> every day I have to endure. Brothers and sisters, that is what Christian life is. What is Christian life is? God is tempering us. Tempering us. Making us hard so that we are fit for eternity. We are first of all fit for this world and finally we are fit to enter eternity. Now, I said there are three situations and three players. What are the three situations? Tribulation, kingdom and endurance. Tribulation is caused by whom? External forces. Kingdom is our privilege in God. He is in charge. And endurance is our responsibility. But look at the order. Did you ever notice that order? Verse 9 again. Your partner in tribulation, kingdom and endurance. Why that order? Why, can, why it can't be tribulation and endurance and the kingdom? Because the secret of endurance comes from the fact of kingdom of God. The secret why do you endure and I have to endure? The secret why we go through all the struggles and raise our level, the threshold of our tolerance, we raise it every day. Why? Because we are partakers of a kingdom that is to come. That is why he says the reason we have tribulation but we have endurance. And we do that because of the kingdom. The kingdom is in the middle. You know, because of that, now let me read a small quotation. There is a, since the present is a time of suffering and the kingdom a period of future blessedness. Believers must 
during the interim period, exercise that kind of patient, patient endurance, which was exemplified by Jesus. And we go through because we have a kingdom to inherit. We go through the tribulation, endure the tribulation, just because of King Jesus, who is King, he is the Lord. Praise be to God. If the word spoke to any of you, may his name be blessed. Give glory to God. Hold it in your heart that if everything is going fine now, you may need it in future when something goes wrong. Hold it. Keep it in your heart. Because our life, people say it is not a rose bed. Nobody's life is a rose bed. Even the life of a millionaire in this country, a billionaire in this country is also not. Having everything in your life, still life is not happy. But the non-Christians, non-believers, those who are not in Christ, also has tribulation and suffering, the share of their own sufferings at all, also. But our life is different. We may have tribulation, sufferings like they have. They may be, some of them may be able to withstand it much better than and much longer than you and I do. But one difference is that we have Jesus in our life. Was promised which they don't have. Second, we have a reason for our tribulation. And we have a hope in our tribulation which they don't have. So don't complain about Christian life. Be happy, hopeful, strong. Go ahead. God bless you all. Amen.